And in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And good evening. And I didn't mm. say good morning. <laughs> uh, we are gathered here in the evening tonight to celebrate the Feast of Epiphany, which marks the end of the Christmas season and ushers in the season of Epiphany that will take us up to Ash Wednesday and on into Lent. Looking up the definition of epiphany, we see it defined as a moment of sudden revelation or insight. The specific revelation being the manifestation of the Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi. Who were the Magi? The Magi were priests within Zoroastrianism, a monotheistic religion practiced within Persia and actually still practiced today in parts of Iran and, and parts of India. In antiquity, these priests were practitioners of astronomy, astrology, alchemy, and, and other esoteric arts. In fact, their title is the, is the origin for our English word of mag magician. These priests would diligently search the night skies at a time when before light pollution, and they were tracking the movements of planets and other celestial bodies uh, within, through the heavens, being watchful for an anomalies within the skies, and employing the false art of astrology, they would issue predictive statements based on what, they've, what they saw. Now, Sometime around 3 BC, these magi witnessed a profound anomaly like one not seen before. Now on this past December 21st, we witnessed such an anomaly with the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn within our evening skies as the two converged and became one light. Despite the hype, it was brief and the two bodies separated and went on their, their, their determined course through the, through the heavens. But this wasn't the case with the star that the Magi saw. In fact, this star anomaly persisted for months into years, guiding the band westward. Now, culturally, We've come to, through Hallmark and Rankin Bass and everybody else that's done Christmas specials throughout our lives. We have come to believe and, 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 rep, and recognize that there were three magi that, that were in that, that path. But Scripture's actually silent to the number of magi that were in the band, merely speaking to a pl plurality of, of them. Now, where do we get the idea of three? Actually, it wasn't from Rankin-Bass or Hallmark or Hanna-Barbera. The idea of three traces back to the early Arminian church who gave us Balthazar of Arabia, Melchior of Persia, and Gaspar of India. A depiction of these three bringing gifts to Mary and the baby Jesus appeared in the early 3rd century in the catacombs of Rome. Now our text gives an indication of the period of time that had elapsed from the stars first appearing 
to where we find ourselves now in the narrative. The caravan of the, of the Magi was now in Jerusalem, and their message was plain and unambiguous. Matthew tells us, beginning in, in the beginning of chapter 2, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. At face value, it would have seemed like a moment of national pride and joy with the birth of a new prince who was destined to be king. Much as we witnessed when young Prince Harry and young Prince William were born uh, some years ago in Britain. It was a big party. But the current king, Herod the Great, was little more than a vassal and a client of Rome who ruled at the pleasure of Rome. And he could be deposed at the whim of Augustus Caesar and replaced. Now, St. Matthew captures the mood at the moment of this, this announcement. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where this Christ was to be born. Herod was rocked by the pronouncement. He was more than deeply troubled. The original rendering of this word, troubled, gives us the idea of someone whose spirit has been struck with fear as if dead. Dread. Struck with fear and dread, rather. Not only the king was troubled, but all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. They knew too well the reputation and propensity for violent actions, especially against the closest to him, just as Father Scott observed in Sunday's sermon. He was not a nice guy. In fact, Caesar himself, in speaking of, of, of Herod, was quoted as saying, I'd rather be Herod's pig than his son. Observing his cruelty. Now, the priests and the scribes had the answer that Herod sought, although this was not the answer that Herod wanted to hear. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Micah's prophetic words were clear, the and, and the circle of Christ's birthplace narrowed considerably. The Magi were likely unaware of, of Herod's reputation for, tre for treachery and unaware that they would, would be used as unwitting dupes who would unmask this new king so he could be liquidated. Giving his blessing, Herod urged the Magi to go on, find this king that they came to pay homage. And with lying lips, he exhorted them to return to Jerusalem with their report so he too might worship this new king. Sadly, Herod's treacherous behavior is far from an isolated event and history proves a sad litany of rulers who would, from antiquity towards the modern era, 
who would coldly murder any whom they thought perceived to be a threat to their reign. It's a reminder, too, just how shaky a chair an earthly throne is for those who are seated upon it. Now, despite Herod's plan for the murder of the child Jesus, the father in his providence allowed the star to appear one more time. This time, what had previously served as a directional beacon, pointing the caravan westward, now became a precision locating unit that brought the Magi to the front door of where this family was residing. The stable was long behind them by this time, and they were living in a house. And upon entering this house, the Magi were apprehended with a knowledge that the child before them was no earthly prince. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I have to imagine that the gifts set before the child and his mother, aside from being very valuable, were deeply rich in the symbolism behind these gifts. And I don't know that the Magi actually knew how symbolic they were. And we could rightly conclude that this family as poor Judean peasants had never seen such wealth as the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh that was before them. Significance, you say. The gold spoke to the royal, na- the gift of gold spoke to the royal nature of the child and as, as kingly tribute by the priests. Incense spoke of his high priestly nature, the one who some 30 years later would enter the true holy of holies, offering himself as the propitiation for our sins. And the myrrh, both a perfume and an embalming agent, spoke to the bitter death that he would endure in our place. One of those nights, days, you wish you were a fly upon the wall just to be able to watch such a thing. But before returning to Jerusalem, our Lord warns the band of Herod's plans to slay the child, and they obediently and quietly depart Judea for points east. We we, We are concluding a marvelous season of the year that goes beyond just paper and presents and food and and all the other things. This is the season of the incarnation where where the eternal second member of of the Trinity became man and walked among us. And we see something beautiful occurring within this whole Christmas narrative that the Magi, along with the shepherds, give us a powerful juxtaposition within the nativity story. And just who Christ came for. His incarnate was for the lowly and the disenfranchised. And it was also for the, the exalted and the powerful. It was for Jew and it was for Gentile. And to all who would receive him, And all who would believe his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Let us pray.
Father, we thank you for the gift and the truth of Christmas. And we thank you for the beautiful coda that, that Epiphany gives us to this great song of praise that's played out in the life of your son. Help us to capture afresh the mystery and the wonder of, of the incarnate child Jesus. And let us, spiritually in our hearts, let us offer our treasure. Let us offer our worship. And let us offer our lives to your Son, to your glory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.